Merry Christmas, family. Can we greet each other, our family, by saying Merry Christmas? Your next, your second choice, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Just kidding. Can we, can we greet each other saying, by, by saying this? Feliz Navidad. Let's do that again. Feliz Navidad. Hola, me llamo June. Gracias a todos por venir hoy para adorar la Señor junto. My wife taught me that, like many things in my life. It's awesome. 오늘 연합 크리스마스 수요일에 오신 여러분 환영합니다. My name is June, and it's so it is so great to worship with you this candlelight service. And it is my honor to share the word of God with you. Would you turn to Matthew 2? It is the same chapter that Pastor Victor read from, and we'll read the first two verses that he did not read, which is verse 1 and 2. Matthew 2, 1 and 2. And allow me to read it for you. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Let's pray. Father, we have come tonight to worship you. And we worship you, saying, Alleluia, the name above all names. Praise to you. In the highest, Lord. We desire that in all that we do, it is in your name we pray. Amen. The Christmas is clearly the season about Christ. Christ is often lost in that season. Though Christ is the center of the season, he's often lost in this season. There's a phrase and there's a thing called baby Jesus theft. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It is people stealing baby Jesus from the nativity scenes all across the street and all across the nation. This happens a lot in Pennsylvania, including the one in Independence Hall. They'll go to the nativity scenes and they'd steal just a Jesus, just a baby Jesus. It's plastic, but they would steal it. And in two cities, it's kind of weird. In 2008, First United Methodist Church in Kittening, Pennsylvania, the baby Jesus was stolen, and in that place, it was replaced by, baby Jesus was replaced by a pumpkin. I didn't know whether to laugh or be offended. And in Stony Point, New York, baby Jesus was replaced by a ham. A ham and a pumpkin. Isn't that weird? But that's a thing that has been escalating in the last 10 years. More and more of baby Jesuses in that nativity scene being stolen and being replaced by something else. But as Christians, we're not surprised by it. Spiritually and physically as well, Christ has been stolen many times in our history, in our hearts, in our worship. In the recent years, a school, a major school from a psychology department did a study about Christmas. Two weeks before Christmas, they handed out an empty piece of paper, a white blank piece of paper, and said, write Christmas on it. Why don't you do it in your minds as well? Okay, join me here. So write Christmas on it, and he said this, whatever pops into your mind, the first word, write it down. The first word after Christmas, write it down. Did you do it? You ready? All right, in count of three, yell out what came to your head, okay? One, two, three. 
Some said Jesus. I'm so glad because we are at church. So I'm glad some of you said Jesus. That's so great. And they, they did further, not, not only the classrooms, but they went to a very busy mall and a very busy city like New York and would stop and say, hey, I'll give you a $5 card, gift card for Starbucks or something if you do this quick thing. And they did this research. And this is the list of things that people wrote. Tree, Christmas tree. Presents. Elsa and Olive from Frozen. <laughs> the movie Love Actually. Turkey, holiday carols, an engagement ring from my boyfriend, Santa Claus, holly, mistletoe, no one, not even one, said birth of Jesus Christ or the glory of Jesus Christ. This is what, this is the first thing that popped into people's head. So when you say, okay, baby Jesus, Christ himself is being stolen from Christmas, we are not surprised. And I think we and I are not exempt by that either. We could get so busy with life and even family, though they're great things. I mean, pumpkin and ham are great things. They just shouldn't replace Jesus Christ. Families are great things, but they just shouldn't replace Jesus Christ in this Christmas. Then my question too is, how do we do that? What do we see in the scripture that we could, that we could be really blessed and helped by? If you're taking notes or if you're not making mental notes, it's great. I would say one phrase is this. Remember that it is the season to worship the King of Kings. It is the season to worship the King of Kings. Christmas는 왕의 왕을 경배하는 날입니다. It's the SL, and I'll start right there because you can read it. <laughs> it's the season to worship the King of Kings. So I was going through this message and said, okay, we're going to have all different kinds of generations from children as I see in the room to more seasoned and wiser people. I didn't say old for sure, right? I said seasoned and mature and amazing people and also different languages, right? So I said, where, where can I find a Bible that could speak to everyone? And I think I found one. So here's the scripture, okay? So this is Matthew 2 on the screen. Yes, there you go. So this is the Bible of Legos. And that's Joseph, and that is Mary, clearly pregnant, going to Bethlehem. This is Matthew 2. I'm going to give you the context of oh, Luke 2. I'll give you the context. And the next verse says this, that angels gathered the shepherds and the baby Jesus was born, and everyone was worshiping Jesus, right? And then now we go to Matthew 2. And then far, far away from in the land of the east, everyone say east coast. East coast, there are the magis. Now we see three, but in the Bible it never says three, three gifts, right? So maybe the song confused about, us, confused about the three kings, but really there probably was more than that. The reason why is this. They were traveling probably about 1,000 miles from here to Kansas or Minnesota is about, I'm not sure about Minnesota, it's about 1,000 miles. I just, I don't, it's not that I dislike Minnesota, I just don't know, okay? <laughs> or Louisiana, it's about 1,000 miles. So, so imagine you and me traveling, just seeing the stars, probably by the night, because it was too hot to travel by the day because they had to cross the desert, right? And there was more than them, so they had to carry the food supply for months and, and tents and even gifts. So they probably had a lot of people. I mean, just imagine yourself. Could you imagine traveling 1,000 miles, no flight? No car, you just get to ride camels 
And maybe for Pastor Brett, a horse, I, I don't know, you could, whatever you need, you could ride what you need, but the, that's the only way, that's the only means of transportation. In that case, it would take you about six to, scholars say, six to even 12 months. So when they finally got there, it was a really tough trip. They had to fight the scorching heat of the day and the freezing cold of the night. Long, long, long trip. It probably cost them the fortune, all their life savings just to get there. And when they finally get to Jerusalem, this is the purpose that they shared. That these magi said this, Matthew 2, 2. They arrived at Jerusalem and they said this and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to what? Worship him. To worship him. Furthermore, let's go to verse 11. So this is the second time that you see the word worship in this chapter. On coming to the house. So finally they came to the house. And notice that it says coming to the house in verse 11. What does that mean? You know, a lot of the nativity scenes, you see the magis or the kings. They weren't there in the mangers. In the Bible, no. They were in the house. The Bible says house. So you know, actually, this was probably about a year to two years after Christ's birth. So Magi's were really not part of the nativity scene, but it's okay. Still bless you. Use it, and, and okay, it's okay. And they saw the child and the mother. And notice the word child, not a baby. And the Bible is very intentional because Luke 2 clearly says and used the word Hebrew, I'm sorry, Greek word clearly focusing on a baby. Ninos is the word here. Ninos, not baby. I don't know what baby is in, in Spanish, but it's not the baby word. It's ninos. It's the child. It's a young child. So Christ was already a young child. What am I getting at here? This is what I'm saying. Sometimes Christmas worship, as you invite others from far, the people who are unsafe, people who are coming from far, it might just take some time for your family members or unchurched people, the people that you sow seed into in this Christmas. It might take them some time to get there to worship with you. But don't be discouraged because the King of Kings will always be honored as been prophesied and promised to you before God. So it doesn't matter how long. The question is, is, uh, is are you and me, we, are we going to have the faith it takes to wait on the Lord. The Magi's took months and probably more than a year, but they finally got there. And when they got there, again, what did they say? They entered the house and said this, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. Worshiped him. Christmas, this season, is a season for worship. About 10 years ago, um, I was doing youth ministry, and one of the youth came to me. It was a Christmas season, and, and he asked me this question. Pastor, what does it mean when you say Merry Christmas? As a pastor, I should have known that. But my seminary professors didn't teach me that. So I really didn't know what it meant to say Merry Christmas. But being the awesome pastor that I am, I winged it and just made something up. I said, Merry Christmas, it's about Jesus, Holy Spirit, and the birth, and things like that, you know? Go, go, go do your exam or study or whatever. Go do your project. And he left, right? So I went home really quickly and, and did, did some research. And this is what I found. Some might say that Merry Christmas is joyful Christ and then Mass is day. But most will say that's not true. It's more like it's from Old English Christus Mass, which means joyful Christ Mass or worship. 
So when you and I say Merry Christmas, what we're really saying to each other as a greeting is, hey, let's have a joyful day of worship for the Lord. We're proclaiming it in the spirit, in the the natural as well, saying, hey, let's worship the Lord. This is the day day to worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. And about a few years after that, this is what I began to saw, and you saw that as well. All the grocery stores and the mall start to take down Merry Christmas and that place put Happy Holidays. And I was quite offended. Man, this is the season for worship. This is the season for my Christ, my Lord, my Savior. He came and died for us. How, how can this be? How can this be? And I went to one of my favorite grocery stores, and I'll go there all the time, and this is the season that they just changed from, happy, from Merry Christmas to Happy Holiday, and I'm still kind of mad about it as a pastor. I walk in, and this, this young guy really helps me out, and I know him. He knows me. He's kind of, hey, how's it going, man? Like, I'm, it's good. And he just goes like, Merry, and he stops himself because the boss told him not to say it, right? So he said, Happy Holiday, sir. I was shaking his hand. This, this righteous indignation rose inside of me. I grabbed his hand really tight, glared into his eyes, into his soul, and I said, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and I stood there and stared at him for a few more seconds. He got creeped out and he walked away. <laughs> Probably one of the worst evangelism moves that I did in my life. But I think God received my heart. I don't think Merry Christmas should be stolen from us in this world. It is the season to worship. It is the season to worship the King of Kings. There are many kings in this day and age, but King of Kings, Jesus Christ, rules over all of them. Hey, can we greet each other one more time with faith by saying, Merry Christmas. Come on, one more time. Merry Christmas. Good job, children. Woo. Come on, KV. You guys did great. That's awesome. Hey, the third time we see worship there is a, not a true worship, but a fake worship from King Herod. Could you put in that Lego Bible King Herod? Because I want you all to see his ugly and really mad face. It's coming up. It's coming. Let's see. That's not the face, the ugly face that I was talking about. That's, that's not it. This face is not it. There you go. See, that's, that's an interpretation of the scripture right there. That ugly, mad face, right? King Herod. This guy was all about control, fear, threat. He had all the wrong spirits inside of him. And this is what he said to the Magi. Next picture, please. In verse 8, he mentions the word worship as well, just like the Magi, but uses in a whole different context. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for a child. Look at the zeal that he has, right? And when you have found him, bring me a word that I too may come and worship him. Herod said, I want to come and worship him. In the first Christmas, we had fake worshipers. Do you and I think it will be any different this Christmas? Do you and I think we'll be Will be, we will not be tempted in the same temptation of being a fake worshiper. No, I believe we all will be, we all will be tempted with the same temptation. We will be tempted to fake our worship in the season of Christmas. We'll say one thing, but really what we want is something else. 
We want my glory. I want my kingdom. I want me, me, me. That's fake Christmas. That is fake worship in this season. Herod clearly said he wanted to worship. He had zeal. It almost sounded like a holy king. But you and I need to remember the history tells us that even Hitler worshipped and talked about God in so many of his speeches. It's not about what you and I say or even attend worship. It's the heart that you and I bring to the king of kings. What is in our hearts that is the essence of our worship, isn't it? Worship is in the heart because the throne of our soul is in our hearts. And the king of kings do not require us to just show up in our body, but he wants you and me to show up in our spirit, in our soul, in our heart, bring our everything with our soul, with our lives, with our strength, our minds, everything, and love him in this season like never before. Christmas is the season for worship. This is the season for worship. I'm so glad you're coming together as family. This is a great moment where we all come together, different language, different generation, different ethnicity. And I just want to honor the fathers of the house for building such a beautiful and kingdom-like house. The anointing that it just flows when we gather is just, it's just remarkable. It's so great. Let us not take that for granted. Let us, take, let us not take that peace for granted, but turn it into worship. As I close, John 1.11 says this about Christ's coming. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. 2,000 years ago, Christ, your king and my king, came to this earth as a baby. He couldn't, he couldn't find a place to go. No one received him. Only few, the neglected shepherds, the unclean shepherds, the foreigners, magis, worshipped and welcomed him. I wonder 2,000 years ago, it's still the same. There's worship services and Christmas events all over the city, but I wonder if there are true worshipers really welcoming and loving the Savior. But could I submit to you, family, that what if you and I could be that place? What if this house could be that place filled with the heart of God to love God, to serve God, and worship God, and say, Lord, you can have my heart. You can be situated right here in this Christmas. You are welcomed here because you'll be the first in our hearts, in our priorities in this Christmas. We will worship you. We will serve you because this is the season for Christmas. So we say, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, have come to worship him. Can we pray, family? Father, this is such a special and wonderful season. And we just want to worship you, Lord. We just want to worship you. just want to worship you, Lord. Father, I pray that you'll help our hearts, prepare hearts, our hearts so that we could worship you, for this is the season to worship you, Lord. God, I pray that you'll help us to fight that fake worship that Herod brings, but in that place, our hearts to be genuine before you, Lord. That we mean every word that we say, even as we sing right now, to welcome you. Family, I just want us to take about 30 seconds right now and prepare hearts. We're going to have that great moment of sing-along and just worshiping together. But I want our hearts to be in it. 
Let's apply and exercise that word of God right now. So let's prepare our hearts. Get ready to worship him.